0: Climbers, I'm supposed to have a cold open for this episode, and I have a really bad cold, and I can't think of an open, so this is my cold open. Welcome to The Climb! <laughs> this is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business leverage is what you're gonna need guys you get to do it yourself now that's the good news and the bad news that's why we called it the climb C L I M B. creating leverage in the music business see what we did there thank god for my co-host good friend and amazing lyricist and awesome dad and amazing father and killer husband brent baxter is a hit songwriter with cuts by alan jackson randy travis lady a joe nichols and more pumping out number ones in the last few years with Southern gospel hits and, you know, still on the climb, still on the hustle. What I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then the last part of it is getting relationships with the pros to put that competitive work in front of their eyes. And Brent takes care of all that for you at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com.
1: And I'd like to introduce you to my Half Dead co-host, Johnny Dwinnell, or I guess it is Johnny Dwindle this time because he energy is dwindling. So Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Listen, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D if there was another one we'd have gotten him because he'd probably we'd gotten away. him we'd have gotten him yeah listen climbers oh, he asked me how I'm
0: doing and this is the part where I tell you like I'm freaking miserable <laughs> but I'm here <laughs> right I'm playing sick man that's okay? right man I'm, I'm playing sick and I've done this in every band I've been in where it's ride or die bro like if you, you do? don't play that night you're not going to get paid for it and we can't afford to not get paid for one night and so there I am Yep. in my leather pants with my guitar and no shirt on singing like a banshee sweating like a banshee sick <laughs> as a dog with a 102 degree temperature
1: but i do it why because that's the job man it's the job that's right and this is episode 350 we can't miss episode 350 because johnny's got a cold no that's right and i don't know if it's a cold or what but it's definitely like i got
0: a fever like i'm not y'all i'm miserable I'm be coughing. I got it from Janelle, who you can hear in the background coughing. That's her. That's It's real. The struggle is real right now, but I'm here
1: for you. That's right. That's right.
0: We've like, been- I don't let my boy down, Brent. Brent doesn't let me down. And we're certainly, as a duo, not going to let you guys down. Right? We're here. And we've got something good. So who knows? Maybe this normally Johnny on a scale of one to 10 of energy is at like a 20. Now I'm on like a four. So I don't know. Maybe I get through to a couple more people now because it's a little too bright for some people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll start you off on Johnny's sick episode. It's a little much. It's a little much. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Hazel had to go in the hospital I know this. at this point of recording a week and a half, two weeks ago, something like that. It all blurs. But she was lethargic. We're like, this isn't normal. Cause she's normally yeah. like, and we figured out all it takes to knock her down a notch is RSV strep and pneumonia that will chill her out. All three. At is, it, is it
0: wrong to want to just have a little bit of that in a syringe so you can dial her down when you need to.
1: Survival <laughs> that home with I harder. I mean, she was all right. She just chilled. I'm like, so it probably must be something pretty serious to knock Johnny's energy down too. Cause I think you're, all yeah, that no, way. it's pretty serious. Yeah.
0: So Janelle and I went down to Arizona Mm-hmm. And we had a party, like a Halloween party there that was hosted by the next week's host of the first Nashville Night's house party mm. that we had in Arizona. So it's like kind of a thing like we really wanted to show up for that. And, yeah. Yeah. and it was exciting, man. I dressed up as Peter Pan. She dressed up as Tinkerbell. <laughs> nice. Allie Colleen came over and had some ears, like Tinkerbell uh, yeah. elf ears or whatever that she showed her how to do. And. So she was all dialed in. Nice. Uh, there's pictures, I think, on my Facebook. But then we went to Mexico with our kids to Rocky Point for five days, which oh, cool. was just amazing. And we drank a lot of tequila. A <laughs> lot of tequila. And then we came back, and there was like a Nashville night show on Friday. And then we had the house party on a Sunday. And it was very successful. It was very cool. Awesome. So these people held this in their backyard. There was 50 people there who spent 50 bucks apiece to come. Wow. And listen to the stories behind the songs. We had Josh Roy, my artist, who we're going to talk a lot about today. And mm-hmm. also Kinsey Rose, who was on The Voice last year. I think she got in a top 20, I think, maybe, or oh. top 30. And I mean, so she was on TV. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. Like, she, her voice is just fantastic. And then Blue Foley. It's his show. So it went really well. And then after all that, like, we came home. And I'm just trying to get back on track. And you know how you kind of need a vacation from your vacation. Right, and yeah. I just hit the ground. It was like nothing but but full on media days yeah. <laughs> in a row this week. And so like yesterday, it was like, that was the end of it. And now it just, everything fell apart. So that's where I'm at. But we're going to talk today. We're going to talk about your rapper.
1: As in my vanilla eyes, my rap nickname, Dirty Old Baxter. That kind of rapper. Dirty, Dirty, old, ba- Dirty old Baxter. Dirty with your three X's. Sometimes it hurts when I laugh. So you got to <laughs> tell you gotta me now be now a little bit. Terrible. Oh my God. Um, um, or 51G.
0: But what we're going to get into is just really the importance of especially in the beginning, which there's so many artists. Well, I was about to say there's so many artists that listen to us, indie artists that are just trying to launch their careers. But there's a lot of artists who are, they're mid-level artists, right? They're generating cash flow, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. But they still need to listen to this too because, man, it's like uh, they used to say on Thursday nights on NBC back in the day with Seinfeld and Friends mm-hmm. and all that when they would do reruns. It's like, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you.
1: <laughs> and yeah. so-
0: to sort of view from a higher perspective that because you came out with a certain song with a certain record and a certain look, and now it's farther down the line Mm -hmm. that new people should be hip to your brand Mm -hmm. when you haven't turned them on yet. It's not correct. So it doesn't work the same way it would on a broadcast platform, like when radio is big. So Mm -hmm. we're going to get into some specifics of this and I'm going to attribute everything to, Some of the work we're doing with my artist, Josh Roy, that I'm managing with DDP Worldwide, which is Dennis and Diana Petty, Mm -hmm. and that's how we were introduced to this kid. If you remember, I think we mentioned something about him opening up for Scotty McCreary, I think. I think we've talked about that on the show. On a previous episode or whatever, but yeah, I'm just going to kind of talk about the steps we've been taking with his career. I've got a very, very talented artist, an artist who's going to walk through doors when those doors are opened up. And I don't want to say fearless because I'm sure he's got fear, <laughs> but he's definitely courageous.
1: Well, brave, right? Courageous. Right.
0: Yeah. We're going to try this thing. I'm not sure what the hell's going to happen, but I'm going to do it because it's the only way I'm going to get to the next step, the next rung on the ladder on the climb. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about. But before we get to that, have we got any wins? Like, well, first of all, see, I'm off, I'm off, man. Uh, join <laughs> the Facebook community, the Climb community on Facebook. So it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. I promise. There's probably a bunch of people waiting to get in now, and I just haven't looked at it.
1: No, no, we're, we're doing all right at the moment.
0: Okay, good. So this is not a ghost town community, man. This is, you know, singers, songwriters, indie artists, any musicians supporting one another we want to hear about your gigs we want to hear about your wins Mm -hmm. we want to hear about your new songs and we have a place in this group for you to put everything and get the accolades that you want in the feed not the place to do it so just know that we protect the feed the main feed with Mm -hmm. our lives i mean like if you put something in there that's about all about you in the main feed it's like we know you don't even listen to podcasts
1: that's right
0: that's the first red flag. So you're probably going to get roadhoused out pretty quick on that. But no, having said that, we want to hear just like, hey, Wednesday wins, right? Mm-hmm. Do we have any wins this Wednesday, But We
1: do. Every Wednesday, we post the New Heights post. And so this is where we encourage you to share your wins, your music-related wins with the Climb community. And that's where we want you to brag on yourself and celebrate. So we can celebrate with you and give you the, all the atta boys and atta girls and all that good stuff. So we're just going to share a couple of these because we don't have time to do all of them, which is awesome. A good, good problem to have. Let's see. Will Gunnell Music says he has over 160,000 streams. Ain't too bad. The song called Five Second Smile. Yes. So Five Second Smile on Spotify. It shows here over 160,000 streams all time. And he also has a cool Trop Rock Christmas release coming soon. And so not only that, but like Sunday Joe Graham is saying, that's amazing, encouraging. And that's what we love under the, the new heights is that people often hop on there and congratulate each other. And if you want to get noticed, in the community, it's not even so much sharing your wins, which is great and we want you to do that. It's commenting on other people's wins and posts and stuff. That's how people notice you. Cause there, Sunday Joe just got a win and a shout out. Why? Just because she was congratulating somebody. Hey, a little hack for you there. But it's like honest. <laughs> so let's yeah. see here. Another one. Let's uh, just share. Let's find a good one here. Yes. Marvin Adcock. He is a climber and a songwriting pro member. Uh, just had a song used in an AMC television series this week yes. and a different song being pitched to a Fox, uh, Fox series this week. So Marvin Adcock, congratulations. He's a song pro and a climber. Look at that. Getting something used in an AMC television show. Psh, dude, that's awesome. Marvin lives in Kansas. All right. That's so one. he is in LA making this stuff happy. He's doing it from freaking Kansas. Love that. All right. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. No, we're on and AMC. Songs. And the fog <laughs> don't stay in Kansas either. So, nice. Marvin, good, for you, good job. Man. And there are others in there. So, y'all, good job. And just keep on climbing. Yeah. Keep
0: on climbing. And make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast, whatever platform that you're on. And tell a friend about it, guys. That's the big deal. I mean, we are here. We are more reliable than the U.S. Postal Service, man. So, hell <laughs> high right. water, snow, rain, sleet, cold. If I'm circling the drain on my deathbed, I'm going to squeeze out one more podcast because that brings <laughs> me joy. And I love hanging with my boy Brent. <laughs> <laughs> and half the time we talk about stuff and we're hashing this stuff out, it's just as much for me. I can't speak for Brent, but mm-hmm. it's just as much for me as it is for you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know how sometimes when you're talking about something, you got a problem, or you got an issue, or you got mm-hmm. a puzzle, something you're challenged, something you're trying to solve, something you're trying to figure out the best way to approach. And just by talking out loud, mm-hmm. You figure it out, you tell yourself, it happens so much with, with us when I do this stuff too. So And
1: one thing, you know, they say if you want to learn something, teach it, which I, I definitely feel that way. But also one thing I was thinking about when you talk about going down to I guess Arizona or New Mexico or something with the Arizona and Mexico, stuff, like proper Mexico. Well, you went down there afterwards, but Mexico. With the other trip you went on, it's like Johnny's doing this. He had then he had like three full media days. So it's like he's doing this. He's not just talking about it. He's actually working with artists, growing careers that sort of thing. And I'm doing the same thing writing wise. So it's not like we're not actually doing this. So this is helpful for me, all this stuff too, that I talk about, because it keeps me reminded of it and keeps all the stuff top of mind. So I have no excuses for not taking my own medicine anyway. Yeah. Well, there you go. And so on that note,
0: like one of the cool things about having the podcast is like, people will submit ideas sometimes, right? They're Like, Hey, this could be a cool podcast. That could be a cool podcast Or they ask a question where they somehow they engage with us in it. Mm -hmm all of a sudden i'm like okay that's a that's an episode like i we need to do that yeah this is one of those cases so my very good friend and he works with me a lot now at daredevil randy barber from Mm -hmm. barfrog music we've had him on the show before who by the way i don't know if i told you this but he's going to be on i gotta send him a freaking link man but i think i keep forgetting i see him every damn day and i just think oh it'll be easy to send him a link and i just don't send him the. i think i'm guilty of not sending the link (laughs) To go to come on song title challenge oh but yeah. randy just got another cut on a jelly roll record with like maybe arguably one of my favorite country music songs ever mm-hmm. so if you guys don't know who randy barber is i want to turn you on to like one of the greatest indie country records that you're ever going to hear right like it's so amazing and the artist's name is eric lee beddingfield and the record is called this life is ain't for everybody mm-hmm. okay And you can't miss it. Eric's there. He just looks like mafia guy, right, with a leather jacket on, a big cigar (laughs) in his mouth, and pair of shades, and close shaven head. He looks like he's there to break your ankles. And when you meet Eric in person, he's like, I think he's like six foot four. He's a huge presence. Yeah, maybe he's six six. Just a big dude. He's a king size bedding field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's a king size bedding field. That's right. And he's the sweetest guy. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know. You, it, but but the first time you see, be like, oh, do I owe you money? Like, what's going <laughs> on? Like, but that record is amazing, and the song that he got cut. And the only reason I'm saying this is because this Randy sent me this idea for today's show. Okay, mm-hmm. so the song that Jelly Roll is going to cut, which is a really big deal,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. he's a big Warner artist now, right? He's really yeah, he's, starting to
1: he's blow really up.
0: Well. It's called "More Than One Year at a Time." Okay, mm-hmm. and. That's this. was, like I think the fourth time that this song has been cut. Yeah, right. So they put the album out in 2012. It was on Music Road charts. I think it was he got the Indie Artist Award for the most spins mm-hmm. of any indie artist in 2012. And a couple major artists like Jacob Bryant cut it, and now Jelly Rolls cut it. And it's just this incredible song. So go listen to that, you guys. It's like amazing. Mm-hmm. Kent Wells produced it, who does Dolly. And this is like an outlaw country record Mm -hmm. that's just really really legit and real but so randy sends me this and because he's in my office all the time so we just have for years we've just been having conversations about what's happening and randy comes from radio you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so just to give you a little background on barbara like he used to work at curb and i think he was the first guy to go out with dylan um dylan scott Dylan Scott, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's had a front row seat for all this stuff. And so when he sends me stuff, I pay attention because I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So here's what he sent me. I'm going to read this to you. And I want you guys to think about this. This It's a quick little text. It's maybe 45 seconds. but And then we're just going to kind of unpack this, okay? Mm -hmm. So think about this realistically here. You wouldn't buy a candy bar packaged in plastic wrap and scotch tape with the words really good candy written on it.
1: Except for you minimalists out there. Yes.
0: yeah. I mean, imagine going through into the candy bar aisle in whatever, Walgreens or at a grocery store Mm -hmm. or at a 7-Eleven or or something like that, where you you see all these candy bars. And then here's this box of, I mean, put that, just imagine that, right? Plastic wrap Mm -hmm. candy, scotch taped up, you know, some handwritten crap, really good candy written on it. You just, you wouldn't, do it,
1: right? You oh, can't trust I really it. wanted some fentanyl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you camp, whatever. You really really out.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can't trust it, right? right? That's basically what you just said. Yes. You can't trust that. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to the trouble of getting a proper wrapper Yeah. on the candy. And so what's it even doing there next to the Snickers and the Twix bars that we know and that we love, right? Mm-hmm. Is it safe? You don't know. <laughs> I'm doubting it. Right. Is it good? I'm doubting that too. You don't know, right? Right. What's in it?
1: No idea. We don't know. So it's like here, right there, is like too many questions. I don't even know if it's like chocolate based candy or like Smarties. Just, yeah, just assume it's like chocolate based. Let's just call it a
0: chocolate but bar. How like, do we know? Is it?
1: We don't. Is this really could a be a candy? turd. I have no idea. I don't even know if it's fruit candy. Is it gummy? Is it chewy chocolate? Is it crispy chocolate? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I have opinions. I have a hierarchy of chocolate or of candy. Some <laughs> things I dig, some things I don't. We just had Halloween. There's some things I dig through to get to other things. Okay, so really good. There, okay, there you go. Now you're then telling me what I'm getting.
0: That's another way to put it. Let's say that your kids come back after Halloween, and you, as a good parent, you go through mm-hmm. and you check all their candy. And here's here's a candy bar that comes out wrapped up in cellophane with scotch tape, and it says "really good candy."
1: Again, fentanyl.
0: Yeah, you're like. In the garbage, it goes, yes. right? You don't trust it at all. There's probably a razor blade in the fentanyl. Yeah, right. <laughs> so if the, fentanyl doesn't, if the razor blade doesn't get you the fentanyl, will. right? Exactly. I mean, I'm saying this because Randy writes, like, remember this next time you're choosing your photographer. Mm. You're choosing your promotional materials. You're putting together your concert posters. And especially album artwork and single artwork, mm-hmm. right? A great album cover will get me excited to hear what's on the inside. hmm yeah. And a great album cover should also give me a good idea of at least the orbit on the planet I'm going to orbit when I do listen to music Yes, on the inside. And poor album cover with a bad or a boring photo mm-hmm. or a concert poster with low quality pictures and, and crappy graphics. It tells me everything I need to know before I ever hear a single note. hmm Right? It's not communicating. And there's some nuance to this I want to talk about with another band that we're working with that I'm really excited about. But just these are questions and conversations that we've had with these artists, mm-hmm. so I'm going to kind of enforce this. But it's unfortunate that this is the case, and it sounds cruel, but it's actually how we make decisions on everything that we consume all day, every day, from the restaurants you go to, the hotels, to the next microwave that you purchase or exterminator, exterminator you choose to hire at your home. If the visuals don't line up, we get an immediate gut check. We get a red flag. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. And it's the same for music artists. People won't suspend their human nature just for us or just because we're good. <laughs> right. And we deserve to be heard. Mm-hmm. And just because we have something to say and it really means something to us, they won't. Yeah, they'll never know. They will see us before they hear us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to repeat that. They will see us before they hear us. And now I'm just going to stray from the text for a second and add to that. We've talked about this in the podcast. Your live show, a lot of people are going to be spreading the love and spreading the gospel of their band, right? Mm -hmm. Like like reaching new people from playing live. And this is just a reality. Tom Jackson spells this out in no uncertain terms terms that when you go to see a live show you consume it it's like 60 percent visual Mm
1: -hmm. i mean that's why
0: they have all the light so it's more about how it looks than it is about the songs Mm -hmm. so it's more about the moments than it is about the songs in a
1: live show right yeah i mean why do you think garth brooks went through all the trouble to at like texas stadium i think it was to have Make it rain inside in a closed stadium when he was, I think, at Reunion Arena or something, or to make it have fire come up under standing, outside the, standing outside the fire at, at Texas Stadium, I think, and to do all this wow, stuff. Wow, I didn't
0: know he did that. That's cool. Oh, yeah, some
1: of his TV specials, right? Oh, okay. Because it's the visual stuff. Didn't make the song sound yeah. any better, but it made it all, a, really a whole lot it's cooler. It's a moment. Oh, sure. Was, know, it's right. Okay,
0: so, so the, the, by far, and this is strictly my opinion, but by far, And the the number one, and when I say the number one, I mean like the number two is a distant, vastly distant second. Okay. The very best Super Bowl halftime show, bar none, Prince. Okay. Prince's halftime show, Mm -hmm. okay? And he goes on there, and for the first time in the history of the Super Bowl, and I don't remember which Super Bowl this was, but this is like somewhere between 45 and 50, I think. But in the history of the Super Bowl, it's never rained on Super Bowl (laughs) Sunday. Yeah, and they're down in Miami, I think. And there's a huge storm coming in. There's a documentary on this; it's fascinating. And the producers are like, "Well, we got to call Prince, right? We got to. I mean, they're plugged into electric stuff. (laughs) And those two things. We have an obligation, a health obligation, to let him know this is going to happen, and and let him bag out if he wants to bag out because we can't. I'm concerned. And so the producer calls up Prince and is like, "Hey, man, look, this is looking really bad." We're going to have a nasty storm coming through. And I know you guys are plugged in electrically. I feel like there's an electrical issue. I feel like there's a health issue. I don't know how slippery that stage is going to get for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. I mean, what do you want to do, Prince? His answer was, can you make it rain harder?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and the, the moment, the moment, you made me think about this with the Garth Brooks thing, but yeah. the moment was everybody singing purple rain yeah, while it's just pouring down rain. Yeah. I mean, it's a moment that happened on TV that I wasn't even there, but it makes me chills just thinking about it after watching it on TV because it was a moment. Yeah. It was so much more than the song. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was the song and the moment, right? Yeah. So this is part of the wrapping, okay? This is part of the wrapping that we have to be thinking about the presentation. Mm -hmm. So the visual here is vital, right? Our rapper must be engaging and professional if that's how you want to be taken, if mm. that's how you want to be perceived. We don't have to be a Snickers bar or a Twix bar, but we do need to look like we belong on the candy aisle. Yes. And we want to be sold and consumed alongside them. And And that's the end of the text that he sent me. And so I'm thinking about, this is maybe one of the biggest mistakes I see with artists, because to them, when they're done with the mixes, they're, they're done.
1: <laughs> right. Because the art's finished. I don't blame them for feeling that way. Because, like, who came to Nashville or wherever you are, got into the music business to, like, worry about pictures? Yeah. Not what got me And it almost seems, it almost
0: seems, like, ostentatious, right? Or braggadocious mm-hmm. or... Self-centered. Narcissistic. narcissistic but... It's like, okay, so now imagine that, okay, you're the candy bar, mm-hmm. and imagine that candy bar thinking like a Snickers wrapper is, ah, let's just, I'm not really there yet. Yeah. Let's just put the cellophane and some scotch tape around it. I like the way that vibe feels. Yeah. Or let's not spend the money.
1: feels organic. Yeah. It feels organic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's organic. If they can't see past a bad picture that's overexposed.
1: That's on them.
0: Yeah, that's on them. They should be able to see that. Like, how many times... Dude, you know how many times I've gotten that as a producer? You should be able to hear it through a crappy demo tape. Like, man, when it's sandwiched against two pro demo tapes...
1: That's a lot of still work.
0: Human. Yeah. Still a human. Still a yeah. human. Yeah. You're asking a lot from me
1: mm-hmm.
0: to... And all I feel like is like, if you don't give a shit about your the recording of your song, why should I? Yeah. So, number one, to pay attention to the packaging and how it looks. And then number two, to pay attention to, I mean, it's one thing to have professional looking rappers, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also another thing to make sure that the rapper is describing visually what's inside
1: now when you're talking about rappers are we talking about like literally like cd covers are we talking about the the single artwork that would be on like a spotify or an amazon that pulls up what what do you mean by like the rapper are we talk about what on I playing, mean on stage and so
0: yes 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 okay. and yes okay
1: so your rapper is
0: your artwork your cd artwork your release artwork your single artwork okay you know mm-hmm. i don't like the word single but you know your release artwork your rapper is the music video isn't it? Mm-hmm. Your rapper is your live show. Mm-hmm. That's a product. Yeah. And it's a different product, than and this is what Tom Jackson has preached for, for decades. It is a different musical product than your CD. Mm-hmm. And so many artists get that wrong, like we want to go out and play it just like the record. Yeah. And it's important that you sound as good as the record does, mm-hmm. but if you think that your three and a half minute song, which is the recording is packaged as a product for radio or as a product for streaming consumption applies on a live show, which is a different yeah. product, it's then that's Definitely. a mistake. Um, and it's, a, it's so common. Like everybody listening to my voice right now, like I've had this happen every single time I've, I've talked to an artist who's gotten into a situation like this. And I learned it from Tom Jackson. He's like, artists get that chance to do the big opening show. Right. That big mm-hmm. open it up for a national. They get a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And then their first thought is how many songs can we pack in? Right. Yeah. To this time because they think it's about the songs. Right it's not it's not it's it's about the visual so it's like how many moments can you pack in Mm -hmm.
2: hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons
0: And it's counterintuitive to what you think. And when you realize, like, how it's consumed, this is, haven't we talked about this just in terms of digital?
1: I mean, it's about moments. I I went to, I took some of the kids to a Southern gospel show last night as we were recording this. The Martins uh, were in the area. And so they're successful Southern gospel groups. I'm like, I'd take the kids. We'll go out and I'll hang out and get to meet them and whatever. And I'm going to hobnob and do some work, but take the kids. And, they would take time in between the song, not between every song, but there'd be moments where, like, each of the three piece would kind of give some testimony and talk to the audience and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was, they're professionals. They've been doing this a long time. And so it was polished. And they, but it was all, it was funny. It was real. It was poignant. It was touching. It was like, it was just as much an important part of that as any of the songs they sang and more memorable than yeah. some of the songs they sang. But they were making moments. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. about the music then, but that's part of what got me. Like their singing was great, and the songs were good, and so like, okay, I'm digging that. So I'm like on board with them as as artists. And then it's like some of the testimonies, some of the moments I had, some of the times they made us laugh and said funny things or whatever. I'm like, oh, now I'm into them as people.
0: Yeah, and it is about the music. It's just not about playing the music, yeah, or I'll performing the music. But it all points back to the music, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Like because that's or the kind of maybe into
1: a song that's relevant that dovetails from that conversation or that testimony or whatever. So it sets it up. So like, how am I applying this myself? Mm -hmm. So
0: with, I'm working with two artists right now that I just, that I absolutely adore. I'm working with a bunch of artists, but these are two artists that I'm farther down on the journey with at the moment. Mm -hmm. that are just kind of about to come out right yeah they're both are getting their mixes done on their record and so we are gearing up for the promotional machine Mm -hmm. that has to happen in order to put this music in front of new eyeballs and get them turned on to the artist right that's what we're supposed to do that's that's the only way it works right Mm -hmm. good art does not find its own audience right it doesn't Okay, you have to put it in front of an audience repeatedly, and then they're like, "This is really good," mm-hmm. and then they share it, right? Yeah. And then it and then it, it forms, it takes on a critical mass, but not until you've done that work. So, like with Josh Roy and a band called The Dirty Names, which is Harrison Kofers' band, rock band. Josh Roy is a country artist. Both of them, really, really good, man. Like really good. Yeah, I just love their music. I love them as people. I love their artists, their artistry. And I love their music. It's so good. And, and I love their attention to the game, right? They want to become students of the game. So just some common, I want to talk about some ways, some pitfalls that we've had. And I want to talk about some things that we've, the way I'm approaching this with regards like to the rapper, to mm-hmm. all point back to the rapper. So with Josh, he has been making a living down in Arizona singing for, I don't know how long now. And I think he kind of went as far as he could go. On his own mm-hmm. and, he, and here's what's important about Josh. he knew that, right? So if you hear Dennis, his manager, tell the story of Dennis is a former celebrity chef. Dennis used to have a restaurant in Chandler, Arizona, or Gilbert, Arizona. they're right next to each other, so mm-hmm. one is as good as the other. But, but not if you talk to people from Chandler or people from Gilbert I'm well, so yeah, sorry they know it yeah <laughs> and Josh used to play there all the time, right? They just love Josh. so then in 2021, Dennis sells his restaurant. Finally, this is the last one. He's like, I'm out. They've done well. Yeah. Him and Diana. And they're like, we're just, we're done. We're going to sell this thing. They sold it. And Josh, they had a huge party. And Josh played the party and Dennis is hammered, right? Because this is kind of the end of an era, you know yeah. what I mean? Like a big era. He's done being a professional chef and restaurant tour, blah, blah, blah. And they're just getting a conversation about Josh's career. And Dennis really loves Josh. He's been booking him for years now at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So they have a relationship. And, and Josh was like, I think I've gone as far as I can with what I can do. I need to find some management and stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, Dennis is loaded and, and he's like, well. After, I don't know, like five tequilas, he's like, I'm going to manage you. Josh is like, (laughs) okay, Dennis, like whatever. And Diana's like, Josh, don't listen to anything he says. Like he's really hammered right now. He's very high on life. This is a big deal. So I don't know if any of this, if he means any of it. Not that Dennis is in any way, shape or form flaky because he's not, you know what I mean? But he was hammered in a certain moment. He meant every word of it. And I think both of them weren't sure, like if the other was serious but so Dennis gets involved and literally takes him from being a $600 a night band to 18 to $2,500 a night. Nice. Because he changed the wrapper, he started thinking on some business parts of it, right? Well, you, I just said, You sent figure you that. out how to plate him. You don't cook the food, you gotta plate yeah, to, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you gotta plate it right. That's yeah. everything. <laughs> Presentation is everything in a restaurant, too. Yeah. If you have the best steak and it's just like there by itself on a white plate, eh. yeah. It's a little underwhelming. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: It really is.
0: They've been working really hard to to build him up and I get involved with them. Mm-hmm. The first thing is, let's listen to music. The recordings were terrible. They'll tell you, they'll be the first one to tell you that. Mm-hmm. That they had. They just didn't have anybody at the helm that knew what they were doing. Yeah. First thing is we gotta make sure the music's competitive. Mm-hmm. That means songwriters, right? So we're getting songwriters in to make sure that this stuff is as good as it can possibly be, mm-hmm. right? And it's saying what Josh wants it to say. We recorded a five-song EP, four out of the five songs. Our Josh had, and our songwriters, like Blue Foley and Trick Savage mm-hmm. came in and fixed them Yeah, and made them better. And one of them is an outside cut from Blue. So Blue's got five cuts on this record, on yeah, the five-song EP. not too bad.
1: Not yeah. Bad. I mean... You want
0: so from the songwriter perspective. <laughs> right. Wow, good good relationship to have. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: yeah,
0: Now Josh has investors, but this with or without investors, this stuff matters, and it's mm-hmm. it's you you. There are so many ways to cut corners, and and what I mean by cut I, cut corners is a bad word. There's so many ways to be competitive without a, a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you have to be aware of it. So now we got to kill a record, right? Mm-hmm. I co-produced it. Zach Allen, he's got three Grammys. He co-produced it, mixed it. I mean, th- these songs are... We we went to Starstruck. We had the top of the line. I mean, Rob McNally on guitar, Lonnie Wilson on drums, Joe Key on acoustic guitar. I mean, just the, we had the goods. Yeah. And now we're going to do pictures, right? So I got a couple of photographers like in my stable that I really like. And we line up a photo shoot and we get these pictures done. Well pictures are not just in the same way that you can be a guitar owner <laughs> versus a guitar player.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm an owner. Right. Yeah. And in the same
0: way that you can know how to press record on pro tools, but it doesn't mean you know how to make an album. Right. Yes. With the photographer. I can't tell you how many times this has happened where they just feel like, Oh, we just, now we got to get some pictures done. It's like an afterthought.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. But there's no creativity or attention paid to what those pictures should be. Right. Like, how should the artist look?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Josh is, Josh is not a cowboy, but Josh is definitely like a rugged dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Josh loves to disappear with his kids in the woods for three days yeah. and go camping, okay? And Josh, <laughs> if the world comes to an end, pretty sure could just survive
1: <laughs> yeah. on his own
0: out in the frigging desert with his family and everything would be fine. He knows what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've had conversations with Josh before where I needed something from him and I'll call him. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm up in the attic working on the air conditioner. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Okay. Because I'm, I'm a call someone else, sir. Yes. And he's a do it yourself, right? Yes. And so we hooked Josh up with a stylist, right? And I say this because one of the funny things was like, it dawns on me because I know Josh. I'm telling Dennis and Diana, like, okay, so we're going to go buy all these clothes that the stylist recommended. We're going to go do all this stuff. And we got like four different looks for him. Make him look more like an artist, right? Because yeah. he, he looks more like he just got done before that. Like he just got done fixing the air conditioner and then hopped up on stage. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. And so we want him to look more like an artist. It's not very flashy or you wouldn't think it's flashy, but it's, di- it's different. Mm-hmm. And I'm like telling Dennis to tell Josh, like tell Josh that you can't fix his freaking air conditioner in these clothes. Like he <laughs> understands that you have to make that clear to him. Yeah. And he's like, I know we did that. And actually we keep the clothes like, so Josh, <laughs> cause they'll forget, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, and that's the beauty of Josh. You know what I mean? This yeah. is like, just like, he just, he's just a get it done kind of guy. Yeah. So then we got an opportunity to open up for the Scotty McCreary thing, right? So, And that's a testament to Josh's hard work. This has nothing to do with me. Josh's hard work and Dennis and Diana's hard work managing him. And so we take advantage of that. Well, Janelle and I fly out to go see the show. And the first thing before we fly out, I ask Dennis is, we're going to have a camera crew there, right? And he's like, yeah, I got a two-camera shoot going. I'm like, "Okay, Mm okay. So we have a budget for Josh. If you don't have a budget... You got two friends with two freaking iPhones. Yeah. Okay. But what's most important is that he's going to be on a bid. This was a big stage. It was a 50th anniversary for a casino. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't in the casino at the casino venue. It was outside in the parking lot with 4,000 people. Yeah. And one of those like 60 foot semi truck stages that this looks like a festival stage because yeah. it is a festival stage, right? Mm-hmm. This is exactly the stage they have at every, any given festival. I'm like, we need footage of that because I can talk about my artist all I want to, mm-hmm. but if I just show them, they'll get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll see it. So we did that. We got some great footage and now we have another relationship with some festivals in the Midwest and the relationship's so good. They're like, look, 95% sure he's going to be on this. So now we're at, by the way, these shows here, mm-hmm. $7,500 shows. Nice. Okay. So we've gone from 600 and Dennis and Diana took them to like 825. And then as a team all together, we take them from 2500 out to 7500. And the PR relationship with these festival, with this festival booker, is you're like 95% there, but I need an EPK.
1: Yeah. To send to them. It's EPK so, is electronic press kit, right?
0: Right. I just need to show everybody else on the team. I pretty much sold them, but I need to show them. I need to be able to just prove what I did. Now, if I'm showing them club gigs, Different rapper, right? Yeah. If I got footage from club gigs, different rapper. Now, it could work if you had just crushed people. Like Everybody has at least one or two gigs every year where it's just by the live gods smile upon you and yeah. it's sold out. Or you have this opening slot and it's just a magical night. Well, mm-hmm. if you haven't taken the extra time to get cameras there, then it is a moment in time that is here and gone and you haven't captured it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: it's, it, you can't put it on your rapper. Right. So with Josh... I just sent you that. What did you? How did you feel about that? I just sent you the EPK. I
1: thought it was good, man. I thought it looked professional. I definitely noticed the the big festival stage that he was on. You even included a little bit of audio of people singing along with one of his original songs. Mm-hmm. Doing the big audios thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like shows audience participation. Like it comes off much more like a star. He's playing big shows and people are singing along. That's what happens at big shows with big artists. So Yeah, that's has- exactly right. Okay, let's belong. You saw him in the studio, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just seemed to make sense. So the, let's
0: just talk about the attention, all the attention to detail that went before and after the show. Mm-hmm. And we're just strictly thinking about the rapper, yeah. right? So before the show, like I flew in a day before to work with the band literally for three and a half hours mm-hmm. before the gig to create some moments. Yeah. And the first thing I asked them when I walked in the room was... I'll bet you guys are thinking how many songs you can pop into. Scotty McCurry gave an hour. You're probably <laughs> thinking, how many songs can you pack in at one hour? And like, yeah. yep. And I'm like, nope. nope. <laughs> and so created a couple moments. He's got this song called Live Life. The lyric is, live life, give it all, and then some, because after all, you're only going to get one. Mm, yeah. You don't want to look back wishing that you had done something that you didn't when you had the chance. Mm. Live life like there's no tomorrow, because after all, all the, to- all the time is borrowed. You've got to live, 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 live life, right? Yeah. And I said, I said, okay, that lyric, this is the song. It's a up-tempo, so this is your show opener. And I said, I just want you to go out and vamp on that a cappella mm-hmm. because the message is so strong, right? Yeah. This is not a meatball across the plate trite message. Is like, live life, give it all and then some, and take a beat. Yeah because after all you're only gonna get one you know do your thing like that and then i said let's break down the song that the part that you mentioned in the epk where everybody sings along it was a song called three days in mexico and it's like there's this big you know adios baby adios right yeah and so we set that up intentionally yeah to elicit that response and we got it because he sold it on stage but we got to go out there we got to walk through that door we got to create that wrapper on the live product mm-hmm. to make that work so after that show the, the huge company called R entertainment that was hired by the casino to put that show on chose josh Right. And then we went and delivered and they were gushing. The president and the VP of the company were there. Oh man, we got to, we do 230 shows a year and we're going to be working with you a lot more. I haven't seen enthusiasm like that in forever. Like we love it. And then now we've got the footage because we thought in advance to get the footage. So now we're going to get these festival shows because I've got footage of him and put together an EPK really quickly. That looks like he belongs on that stage. Right. And stuff. And so, Rapper, 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 rapper. Mm-hmm. Like this, all matters. Like, what I mean, does it, it look?
1: If it's like him is. walking down a train track in the country with his guitar over his back, snooze fest. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because I think what's the what is the cliche thing? Train tracks with your guitar, yeah. walking, looking back at the camera. Like, if I see that, <laughs> I'm immediately thinking this music is going to be as unoriginal as that photo. Right. Yeah. I mean we even made a joke about it when we were in Denmark at the National Nights thing, when we we're on that whole multi-hour excursion, which should have been like a twenty-five minute trip to the castle ended up being like three hours. At one point we were like hanging out kind of stranded by the train tracks. And I was like, guys, we're singer songwriters. We got to get a picture by train tracks. And so we did <laughs> <laughs> that. Just as a joke, like all of train tracks. Yeah. Because yeah, that just came from like, well, this is what we do. There's train tracks. Somebody gets the phone out. We got to take pictures because that's what we do. And so it's enough of a joke that like, yeah, I'm gonna imagine your music as is as uninspiring and unoriginal as your as your packaging. Because yeah, what else do I go have on that point? If I don't know you, that's all I have to go on. So that's 100% of the information exactly. I'm getting. And so on that
0: note, like, let's just talk about photographers for a second. Being a camera owner does not mean you're a photographer. Yes. Being able to focus a camera and take a decent picture does not mean that you're an artist. Yeah. A lot of times people have a friend. Well, my friend does all the photos for weddings yeah. and stuff. Okay, that's great. Now, I actually have one of my favorite photographers that does a lot of weddings too. Mm-hmm. But she also does incredible live Stuff right, mm-hmm. like capturing live moments and stuff. Like her eye is amazing. Yeah, but if you have someone that just does weddings, you need to ask yourself: like, are these pictures going to look like wedding pictures? Right. I've had an artist that came to me, show me their pictures, and I'm like, like, what do you think? And I'm like, and they were from D.C. They're from Virginia, or D.C. area, right. but basically right in there. And I am like, well, th- this looks like your photographer. This looks like a freaking NSA badge.
1: <laughs> and like, well, oddly enough. The- <laughs> that's what he does for a living. And I'm like, I know I can tell, you know what I mean? Like that's like you're dying inside just a little bit every day when you go to work.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I had another one where they came in and like, what do you think of the pictures? And I'm like, well, this looks like a yearbook photo or something like, well, that's our friend. And they shoot all the pictures for the yearbook. And I'm like, no, Mm. like, like, you know, choose carefully. Right. Like, and with your iPhone now you can get such good pictures, man. Yeah. That if you put an hour of time in with, the same way we put 15 minutes in with song title challenge into just trying some different angles and some different clothes mm-hmm. and spend some time on the rapper. You're going to start to find stuff that looks cool Yeah, for no money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're going to start to find angles and different ways to make you look like an artist and not make you look the like a boring rapper. Right? Yeah. Not just in your picture. And then the other thing I was going to say, just don't get too artistic with it. Like I'm working with the dirty names and I'm about to post there some Content for their next live show, which is happening on Wednesday, and or, or create a campaign for it, right? Mm-hmm. And the first one that they did, like they kind of got this stuff to me late. This is the first time we worked together, so I'm not banging on these guys at all. Like i, I again, I love this band, mm-hmm. and they're figuring out the rapper stuff now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the image, the show poster they sent me was, it looked like somebody vomited all over it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Like I know what it is, and I can't figure out what it is. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to hard to find what it is I'm looking for. Like, who are the openers? Mm -hmm. Right. And I can't find it because it's so busy. That picture was so busy. Yeah. It was like very artistic, Mm -hmm. but that's not a good rapper, man. Right. You know what I mean? If the word Snickers is a millimeter and there's a bunch of other colorful crap on there and everything like that, you have no idea what the hell it is. Right. Yeah. Right. But what's the biggest thing on a Snickers wrapper? The word Snickers. Right. Like it's, it, yeah, that's it's just all that I need weird. to know at this point. Yeah, exactly. So we had that conversation. I'm like, all right, make this less busy. Mm-hmm. And so then the, the, the second show that we're going to promote for them right now, how's this? I'm like, dude, how do you feel like it is? And, and he gave me an honest answer. Harrison did. He's like, well, I like them both. And he's being straight up and honest. But I'm like, no, this is the one though. Like you've got to yeah. do it like this because. It's not about being artistic. It's about communicating. This is a live show. Here's who's on it. Yeah. And so the rapper guys, I just, I wanted to take some time and just refocus everybody on when you get done recording. It's one of the greatest quotes I think I ever heard from Rick Monroe, where he's like, Johnny, after hanging out with you and all the conversations we've had and just listening to you, and we've been friends for a long time, he's just like, as a band, Rick Monroe and the Hitman, he goes, we finally figured out that like once we're done mixing the record, like we're not done. We're just getting started. I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And I can't wait to look back. We're six months out now. So like in another six months, a year after this epiphany Mm -hmm. and see how much better the band's doing just because they they have competitive songs, competitive Mm -hmm. recordings. They know how to make the donuts. But now they put a definite focus on the rapper.
1: Here's here's the deal. This just hit me. So the studio like where you record, is not where you grow your career, right? Right. You re- grow your career outside the studio. What happens in the studio is what makes your career worth growing. Ooh, or that's able to grow. so strong. That's so strong. You don't grow it in the studio. Plus you got some hydroponics and some sunlamps, but we don't grow into that.
0: You don't grow your career in the studio. It's what makes your career worth growing. Yeah, You have to grow it outside of the studio. I'm so stealing that. It's brilliant. You all heard it here first. It's the perfect way to end this episode, which I (laughs) promised because I feel so crappy, wouldn't go long. But look at me, guys. I'm just as God made me. I can't stop talking even when I'm miserable.
1: Go long, (laughs) Johnny.
0: All right, we love you guys. This brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you join the Climb community. Make sure that you subscribe or follow the podcast and tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing.
1: And we'll see you in the ER, Johnny, for the (laughs) time. Hopefully not.